are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Tuesday show for you. A lot of NFL talk today. We're going to talk about the Detroit Lions, why this could be their year. We're also going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and how close he is to surpassing the all-time greats in playoff football. We're going to talk about the Taylor Swift effect going into the AFC Championship because there's already rumbling starting. We're going to quash those. We're also going to talk about playoff futility for a certain teams and a lot more to get to. We'll get to all that momentarily. So I've said uh, the last couple of weeks since the playoffs started, really impressed with this Detroit Lions team. How can you not be? You almost want to cheer for them just because of what they've been able to do. I mean, this is a team that was 3-13 and three years ago. They won three games. And here they are in the NFC Championship. First time since 19, what, 91? I mean, look at what they have accomplished this year by just doing what they've done. They won their first division title since 1993. They got their first playoff win since 1991. And this is their first conference championship appearance since 1991. They've never had a Super Bowl appearance, though. So can they add that to the list? I mean, shit, they added the other three. To say that it would be impossible or, oh, my God, what a huge upset if the Lions go into San Francisco this weekend and beat the number one seed Niners. First off, the San Francisco 49ers are right now at 50-50 if Debo Samuel plays. When he plays, they are a different team. And even if he does play, is he going to be 100%? Are they allowed to use him? Can they use him like they usually do use him if he does end up going this Sunday? I guess what I'm saying is, if Detroit can go into Green Bay in Week 18 at the end of last season with nothing to play for and beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau, you know, ending Green Bay's playoffs chances last year, and if then if Detroit can start this season going into the defending AFC, the defending Super Bowl champions home on Thursday night football, first game of the NFL season, and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm sorry, it's not far-fetched to think they can win on Sunday. Yes, San Francisco's good. San Francisco also had the same amount of wins as Detroit this year. You realize they were both 12-5, and five, as were the Cowboys. Detroit's only the three-seed because of tiebreakers. So people acting like it would just be impossible, and oh my gosh, yes, if you just go off strict name value and player names, of course the average person is going to say, oh, San Francisco's going to win that game. They're at home, NFC Championship game. They're playing the Lions. Who are the Lions? You can't handicap games that way. Now, it doesn't mean San Francisco can't win. All it means is you know the public perception out there is San Francisco, big bad boys of the NFC, constantly there, experienced. Detroit, who are they? Where have they come from? First time in 30 years they've ever done anything in the playoffs. Yeah, well, what if that means it just continues? What if this journey for theirs continues? I'm just, I'm all for Detroit winning this game. And it's more so for the reason that, number one, they play hard. And, yeah, they got blown out of the Baltimore game earlier this year, but they're in a lot of games. 
And that's a direct correlation of their coach, who is just a badass. And San Francisco, as we know, did not look great on Sunday. Or excuse me, on Saturday night against Green Bay. We all saw that game. What if San Francisco plays like that again? I know you're saying like, well, they got one bad game out of their system. Now they're really going to turn it on. Well, that doesn't, I guess if you want San Francisco to win, that would be an easy narrative for you to say. But just because you say they're going to turn it on this weekend because the game is to go to the Super Bowl doesn't mean it's going to happen. What about Saturday's game made you think all of a sudden they're going to turn it back on? Well, it was raining on Saturday. What if it's not raining? I think the rain had something to do with Brock Purdy's throws. Maybe it did. But Brock Purdy has played in games this year where he didn't play well. What if he just plays average? I'm not even saying he has to stink. What if he plays average? Or what if he does have a bad game? What if he throws three or four picks? I mean, you could say that basically about any game. That's why. You don't really know going in. And when I handicap both of these teams... San Francisco obviously has the better defense, but San Francisco had the better defense against Green Bay. Green Bay gave up 30 points to the Carolina Panthers like three weeks ago. Green Bay couldn't beat the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. So, to and then look what happens when you get to the playoffs. It's just a different animal. I really like the Lions this weekend, and I just think the story continues. And I think it, it's, you know, I'm look, there's a part of me that's nostalgic about it. There's a part of me that's all about the storyline here versus X's and O's of football. And look, I'm not going to sit here and break down what defense in Detroit needs to do and play and how to neutralize the San Francisco running game and passing game. I'm just looking at storylines here. And look, I mean, that you can break down X's and O's all you want, but if you did that for every single game, Normally, you would come out with, well, this team has the better personnel. Look, San Francisco has the better personnel, so most people, breaking it down X's and O's wise, would say San Francisco is going to win the game. That's why I think there's outside factors. You've got to take into consideration the journey that Detroit has been on. You know, remember, they were the Hard Knocks team last year on HBO. Do you remember the very last scene of the last episode in Hard Knocks last year? They asked Dan Campbell about what he expects from his Detroit Lions team. And he literally, I don't know if it was 90 seconds, but it was at least 60 seconds before he even said a word. Literally choked up, looked at the camera, couldn't say anything, didn't hum em or haw, but just dead silence, and the camera was right in his face. And after 60 seconds of just dead air of him not talking, he basically gave what he thought was what Detroit Lions football is going to be about. It was almost like this is the turnaround. And then we saw how they ended their season. They won 8 of 10 to end the season. Didn't start out great. I think they started 1 and 6, right? And then finished 8 and 2 over their last 10 and eliminated Green Bay in the last game of the season. And then it flowed into this season. I mean, you can't say that win in Green Bay in week 18 didn't catapult this team to what it did this year. 12 and 5 an NFC North championship, and now a spot in the NFC championship. I just love the story, and I hope they take it through and they get to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about quarterback wins, and let's talk about Patrick Mahomes' dominance in college college football. Well, he dominated college football too, uh, pro football. So yesterday I had brought up about 
Patrick Mahomes is just disgusting in the playoffs. He's 39-11 and 11 in his career on the road, which is just stupid. He's made the AFC Championship all six years he's been a starter in the NFL, which is just equally as stupid. Well, now you look at all-time playoff wins. Every quarterback who's ever played this game, who's the all-time leader in playoff wins? We all know it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady was 35-13 and 13 in the playoffs. He started 48 games in the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of unheard of. The next highest was 27. So Tom Brady got 21 more playoff starts than anybody else in the history of pro football at quarterback. Peyton Manning was number two. So Brady, 35 and 13. The second most amount of wins in NFL playoff history was Joe Montana, 16. So half, less than half of what Tom Brady won. Joe Montana with 16 playoff wins in 23 starts. He was 16 and 7 in his career. 696 winning percentage. Tom Brady 35 and 13. He was at a 729 winning percentage. The next 3 quarterbacks all had 14 wins. Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, and Peyton Manning. Now Manning literally has I want to say one of the worst the worst record of any quarterback with more than 10 playoff wins. He was 14 and 13, 519 winning percentage. John Elway, 14 and 7, 667 win percentage. Terry Bradshaw, 14 and 5, 737 winning percentage. So you got Montana with 16 wins, three guys with 14. Three guys have 13 wins. Brett Favre, retired, total asshole. Ben Roethlisberger, 13 wins. And Patrick Mahomes. Brett Favre went 13-11 and 11 in his playoff career. Not very, you know, he was almost a 500 quarterback in the playoffs. Roethlisberger, 13-10. and 10. Patrick Mahomes has only had 16 starts in the playoffs, and he's got 13 wins. He's 13-3. and three. That's 81%. It's the highest winning percentage of anybody with over five, five playoff starts in all of quarterbacking. It's got an 8-12 winning percentage. The highest after that is Bradshaw's at 737. So, I mean, it's really not even close. Well, Jim Plunkett won eight games. He was 8-2. and two. But anyone else? 737 for Bradshaw. I mean, it's a possibility if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl again this year, 15 wins through six seasons, and he'll have the third most wins in the history of the NFL, and he's only been in the league six years. And he only needs two more to pass Joe Montana. That just shows you what – I mean, we, we talk about how the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, but I, I don't really think a lot of people truly understand how good he is. And those numbers there prove it. So with your AFC and NFC championship game this weekend, AFC game is first, Kansas City at Baltimore. Already, I mean, there's rumblings. It's, it's stupid, but we have to address it. And there's this idea that the NFL is going to, you know, lean towards the Chiefs, slant it towards the Chiefs, give them favorable calls, rig the game essentially for the Chiefs because they want the whole Taylor Swift effect come Super Bowl Sunday. And we have talked about this. Taylor Swift is performing in Japan the weekend of the Super Bowl. However, 
she will have enough time to get back to the States if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. There's zero chance. She would fly back private on a, you know, obviously on a private jet. And then she's got three or four days before she is performing again back out, I believe, in Japan. So don't think she won't be there. She absolutely will be there because her last, um, you know, Japan is like 15 hours ahead of Las Vegas. So by the time she ends her last show in Japan, she's got plenty of time to get back to the States. She'll be there if the Chiefs get there. But this whole notion that the referees are going to favor the Chiefs because they want Taylor Swift as part of this Super Bowl. Look, would it be beneficial to the NFL if she was, and would it get a ton of coverage? Absolutely it would. But the NFL is not going to rig the game so the Chiefs can win. Can we get that out of our heads? I know fan bases really like to think that the NFL is against their team anytime a call goes against them. They're not. They're not trying to rig games. I'm sorry. I understand that you you want that to happen, but it's just not the way it works. And it's almost like this officiating crew, who knows what they talk about before the games, but if they miss any call or a blatant missed call that goes against the Ravens, absolutely Monday morning people are going to be talking about and and I'm saying if the Chiefs go on to win, they're going to be going on to talk about, oh my gosh, NFL didn't want the Ravens in the Super Bowl. They wanted Kansas City because they had the Taylor Swift effect. We just need to get that out of our heads right now. Seriously. There's no point to even talk about that stuff because it's just peddling misinformation. Like this is what we hate about the internet because it's not based in fact. It's based in your biases and your opinions. And only Ravens fans would be screaming that, you know? I don't think there's anything that caused them to win the game against the Bills because of Taylor Swift. She's a fan of the Chiefs now. Her boyfriend plays for the Chiefs. The NFL would love it if she was there, but they're not going to fix the games so that it does happen. Let's just keep that in mind heading into Sunday's game. I just hope there's no call that goes against the Ravens that you know, decides the outcome of the game because that's immediately the first thing people are going to go to. And that's just stupid. It really is. I told you with these two matchups, you've got obviously four possible matchups for the Super Bowl. You got Kansas City against Detroit, which would be a rematch of week one, first game of the season. Detroit beat them in Kansas City 21-20. Or you got Kansas City against San Francisco, which is a rematch of Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl win when they came back and beat the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. What was that, four or five years ago? That was in year two for him, I believe. Um, And then you've got a possible matchup with the Ravens and the 49ers, the two number one seeds, which is a rematch of the Harbaugh Super Bowl back in 20, I forget the year, but around 10 years ago, right? 2013, 2012, something like that. Ravens, Niners in New Orleans, remember? The lights went out right after halftime, and there was a 30- or 40-minute delay because the power went out at the Superdome. Jim Harbaugh against John Harbaugh. We all remember that game. And then the other possible matchup would be Ravens against the Lions, which would be a replay or a rematch from earlier this season 
where the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Lions and they beat them by, I think, 30. So probably the least desirable matchup for the NFL that they would want in the Super Bowl. Clearly any matchup with the Chiefs, they don't care who the Chiefs are playing because it's going to be just boffo. But Ravens 49ers, they would love that. It's the two number one seeds, you know. I just don't think they're getting it. I think there's a good chance we get both number three seeds winning the game. Not just because I bet it that way and not just because I'd like to see that as the Super Bowl. I just, I really, really think that that's a possibility. I mean, I'm even wondering if the Ravens do play the Lions in the Super Bowl, what they would set the line at, considering the Ravens already beat them by 30 this year. They're not going to set the line at 14. The, The Lions aren't nearly as bad as that. But I think it's going to be a touchdown. You know, if the Niners are favored by seven at home against the Lions, what if the Ravens beat Kansas City by double digits and get to the Super Bowl and the Lions beat the Niners on a field goal at the end of the game? I I think this line could be seven or eight Baltimore on a neutral field. I really do. But. I just like looking at storylines, looking at matchups. I think we got four good matchups either way. Whoever wins the games, I think we got four really good matchups for the Super Bowl. The weird thing is, you know, last year the Super Bowl went to the for the uh, for the Pro Bowl, the weekend between this uh, conference championship and the Super Bowl. They had the Pro Bowl and they changed the whole thing up. You know how they did the games with linemen and receivers and quarterbacks, all that stuff, and it was flag football game. The main game of the Pro Bowl was a flag football game, and it was held in Vegas. Well, this year, the Super Bowl is in Vegas, but the Pro Bowl is going to be in Orlando. I, I don't – why wouldn't the Pro Bowl be in Vegas every year now? This is – it's where the guys would want to go. I'm not saying they don't want to go to Orlando. I'm just saying you ask most guys in the NFL that got invited to the Pro Bowl, hey, where would you like the Pro Bowl to be? I guarantee 99% of them say, I'd like it to be in Vegas. Well, that's – the Super Bowl is in Vegas, yet the Pro Bowl is in Orlando, even though last year the Pro Bowl was in Vegas and the Super Bowl wasn't. Some things I'll just never understand. Now, that's going to be, I think, Thursday you're going to have stuff on ESPN from the Pro Bowl. Next Thursday, I mean. And then the following and then the following Sunday, the week before the Super Bowl Sunday, is where a lot of stuff will be shown as well for what happened on Pro Bowl weekend. I just find it really weird that they're doing it that way. I never really understood that. I like the fact that they've changed the Pro Bowl game because the Pro Bowl was just a joke with, I mean, we saw what it became before they turned it into a flag football game. We saw what it was the years before. I mean, it was just as bad as the NBA All-Star game. It was just, here, hand off, and then don't even get tackled. It was just like touch in the in, in the line. It, it was it's a, I mean, it really is a pointless game. For these guys, all it is is they want to get voted to it because that's what gets them certain bonuses in their contract. If you get voted to the Pro Bowl, if you make the Pro Bowl, you know, three years in a row, you get an extra bonus and stuff like that. So they care about getting to there and getting invited and being elected to the Pro Bowl. I just don't think they care to participate, at least in the past, in anything involved with the Pro Bowl. Now I think it's a little more fun. And you could play uh, – a flag football game. I think they I think they dig that. But just seems weird to have the Super Bowl in Vegas, but the Pro Bowl is going to be in Orlando. Go figure. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. 
Um, you can check out my daily roundup. That's up. My column is back up if you're interested in reading a recap of what happened on The Bachelor last night. Really appreciate you tuning in. Really uh, appreciate everyone that's been following along. Like I said, a couple good things in the works for 2024. We are going to have a guest this week that I've talked about recently. Can't wait to talk to him. Probably going to be coming up on Thursday. So, anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.